You're listening to The BizCast on the C-Suite Network. Welcome to The BizCast. You work hard in your business and you want to know what it takes to get to the next level. The BizCast is where we interview best-selling business authors, thought leaders, and C-Suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Whether you're the leader of a Fortune 100 company or your company is just taking off, what you're about to hear will help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to welcome Erica Anderson to the show. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus International, a coaching, consulting, and training firm that focuses on leader readiness. She's worked with senior executives at a variety of companies that we know, like GE, NBC Universal, Facebook, and Hyatt, among others. She's with us today to talk about her book, Be Bad First, Get Good at Things Fast, to Stay Ready for the Future. Erica Anderson, welcome to the show. What do you mean by be bad first? Oh, that's the core question, right? So um, the reason I pulled that out as the title is the whole book is about how important it is, especially now, to be able to learn things, new things, quickly and continuously. In fact, I think it's the core skill for everybody, given how the world works now and how quickly everything's changing. And uh, so the book focuses on the mental skills that people who are great at doing that use. And the one that is hardest for everybody, that I know, almost everybody, is this idea of being bad first, that when you're first learning something, you're going to be bad at it. And to be able to do that gracefully and without getting in your own way, I think is essential to learning. Well, that is the trick, isn't it? I, I yes. know most of us like feeling competent. We don't like feeling like, you know, a failure, being bad. <laughs> what does it take for us to be willing to do that, to be bad? Well, so the, the kind of core skill that I talk about throughout the book is, um, this idea and practice of managing your self-talk, managing how you talk to yourself. So it's interesting. I've have, you know had a lot of conversations with readers of the book and with people who you know participate in the skill training that we do around the concepts in the book. And some people are n- not even aware that they talk to themselves. For some people, just that's a new idea. A lot of people are aware that we do talk to ourselves, that we have this interior monologue that goes on pretty much nonstop, yeah. but they're but they're not aware that they can actually control that, that you can actually manage how you talk to yourself. So that's really the core of being willing to be bad first, is learning how to shift your self-talk. And I talk about in the book what what the ideal self-talk is for being bad first toward that and away from the usual self-talk we had have to your point when we're bad at something, which is I'm terrible. I'm an idiot. I'll never get this right. Oh, this is awful. I'm so embarrassed, which is just like white noise in your head. It makes it impossible to actually learn. So the, the essence is learning to shift away from that to other ways of talking to yourself inside your head that will support your learning. Do you have any strategies or tips that you can share with us to help us get our hands around our own self-talk? Oh, absolutely. So, the and I go into this in great depth in the book, and actually there's a piece about self-talk, and this is the fourth book I've written, and I always come back to self-talk and listening. I think those are the two kind of core skills for anything, and managing, being able to manage your self-talk is so powerful. So, just quick and dirty for your listeners, and I think this will be useful. Uh, The first thing you have to do is recognize that you are talking to yourself. You know, as I said, some people aren't even aware of that. And recognize the impact it's having on you. So, and and often you can work backwards from the impact. Like if you're feeling 
unaccountably sad, overwhelmed, angry, you know, disengaged, notice what's going on in your head. Notice what you're saying to yourself. And almost without exception, that interior monologue is trending you in those bad directions. So the first thing is recognize. And then we always recommend that you write it down. If you write down what you're saying to yourself, it sort of loses power over you. It's like cutting your hair. It doesn't belong to you anymore. <laughs> so you write it down. And often just doing that, you go, oh, you look at it. And you go, oh, my God, that's what I'm saying to myself. That's ridiculous, you know. And then, and this is the core of it, you revise it, and you can write that down too. So you have to revise it in a way that is both helpful, you know, will trend you in a better direction, and believable by you. That's why a lot of affirmations don't work, because people say things to themselves that aren't realistic or believable. Like if you're saying to yourself, you're confronted with a new learning challenge, and you're saying, oh my God, I'm just not going to be able to do this. And instead, and this is what we recommend, you shift it to, I am going to be bad at this to start with. That's inevitable. And I bet I can get good at this. I've gotten good at a lot of things in my life. That is both believable and helpful. And then you just keep repeating it. It's like whack-a-mole. You know, it comes up. You just have to keep saying that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, be bad first. But you also say we've got to get good at things fast Yes. to stay ready for the future. Those almost seem to be at odds with each other. What do you mean? Well, it's counterintuitive. And uh, you're absolutely right, but and it, it takes into account all four of the skills in the book. So let me quickly talk about, I'll just give you a kind of super reader's digest of the book. So um, throughout the book, I explain and talk about and give practical how-tos about this model we call the ANU model. So it's aspiration, neutral self-awareness, endless curiosity, and willingness to be bad first. So aspiration is the first one. A lot of times we don't learn new things, either quickly or slowly, because we don't want to. And we, we often tell ourselves we want to do things that we don't actually want to do, like people who say, oh, yeah, I really want to learn French. And they've been saying that for 20 years, right? So the secret is, and people who are good learners know this, you can make yourself want to do things. So in the book, I talk about how to do that. We can talk about that more later if you want to. But the, the secret is to be able to, you know, by your own volition, raise your level of aspiration because that gets you moving forward toward learning. And then the second thing is neutral self-awareness. People who don't know where they're starting from or who are inaccurate about where they're starting from have a really hard time learning. And my one of my favorite examples and the example, an example I use in the book a lot is what I call the American Idol syndrome, <laughs> where, <laughs> really? you know, on American Idol, there were always people who like, dude, you can't sing at all. What made you think that you could sing? And it's just they're, I'm sure they've gotten that feedback, but they're just impervious to it. You know, they're not neutrally self-aware and it totally gets in the way. I know the people that, you know, when they're on American Idol and the judges are like, don't quit your day job, you know they didn't then go out and get a singing coach. They went out and thought, no, they just don't recognize my talent. <laughs> right. So being accurate about where you're starting from is critical. And then the third one, endless curiosity, this one's great because we all are born with it. If you've ever been around little kids or babies, they're just relentless in their exploration of their environment. They, a lot of scientists think curiosity in babies is a drive like hunger and thirst are drives that, you know, they're so like, I just want to figure everything out. But then as we get to be teenagers and then adults, it kind of gets socialized out of us. We think that it's childish or goofy to be curious. And unfortunately, curiosity is just jet fuel for learning. Talk about learning new things fast. So the, the challenge is to re-engage that childhood curiosity. 
And what we suggest in brief is find a place or places in your life where you're still curious. And for a lot of people, that's their hobbies because hobbies are low risk, you know, so you can be super curious about French wines or swing dancing or whatever it is. And, and notice how you talk to yourself about those things that you're curious about. And you'll realize that you're asking yourself a lot of questions. How does this work? And why does that happen? And I wonder if I did this. And if you can start talking to yourself in the same way about the thing that you want to learn, it's like priming the pump and you start getting curious. And then the last one is willingness to be bad first. And we talked already about that. And if you really use, you know, create this as a discipline and use these four skills, it will, it will speed up your learning. And I, I always practice my own preaching and I've used this so much over the years and especially in the last couple of years that I've just seen how it, it really uh, turbocharges your ability to learn new things. Our guest today is Erica Anderson. Her book is Be Bad First, Get Good at Things, fast to stay ready for the future. You can get your copy at the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. It's time for a quick break, but stay with us because when we get back, we'll talk some more. Over 3.2 million new book titles are published every year. What are you doing to help your book rise to the top? Submit your book to become part of the C-Suite Book Club, the premier source of leading business books for C-Suite leaders, executives, and celebrities. Visit csuitebookclub.com slash author to submit your book today. That's c-suitebookclub.com slash author. You're listening to The BizCast with Kevin Crane on C-Suite Radio. Welcome back. I'm with Erica Anderson. We're talking about her book, Be Bad First. And Erica, throughout your book, you share a story, the Michelangelo story, um, can you tell us a little bit about that story and the reason that you've used it as an example in the book so often? For most of history, people got to be an adult, you learned a trade, and then you just practiced that trade. You didn't have to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. But now that's not how it is. I mean, everybody has to keep learning all the time to keep up and to thrive and to not feel overwhelmed. So why did I pick a 500-year-old example? <laughs> but um, I just think... Michelangelo is an absolutely was is an absolutely world class learner, and um, I think he would have done great today because <laughs> he was able <laughs> to do all these things, and he learned so many. He he learned in a, in an era when, especially then, people just learned one thing and did it. He was so adept at so many things, and when I stumbled upon this example of him uh, being asked by the Pope at the time to paint the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, I didn't realize that he didn't want to do it. And when I found that out, I thought, oh, aspiration. He must have somehow gotten himself to want to do it. So I went through whatever I could find in the, you know, in histories and accounts of him and his biography and letters that he'd written. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's a perfect example of these four things. He increased his level of aspiration. He was really neutrally self-aware and willing to acknowledge that he wasn't good at this. He didn't even consider himself a painter. Um, he was hugely curious, and as a result, um, and I found this out in the course of my research, his curiosity led to a lot of new discoveries, like he figured out how to do a scaffolding that was safer, and he figured out how to have a, a background for the fresco that didn't uh, wasn't affected by mold. And then he was totally willing to be bad first. I mean, there's one um, letter where he talks about uh, calling down to his assistants, especially toward the beginning of the project, and saying, I'm not a painter. I'm a terrible painter. Come up here and help me. 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he just all he just exemplified everything I was trying to get to, and I thought it was just such a great example. So that's why I used it. Erica, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question. Yeah. You've given us some great advice here today, but what was the best piece of advice you ever received, and how has it shaped who you are? One of the most helpful pieces of advice I've ever heard was from my original business partner. This was 27 years ago when I started my business. He pulled me aside at a break and he said, Erica, people believe what they say more than they believe what you say, even if it's the same thing. My job is to get people to look in, the, in a helpful direction so that they can discover this, what I'm trying to teach them, on their own. And that was incredibly helpful to me. It shifted my behavior more toward listening, more toward exploration. And I think it's been extraordinarily helpful to me for the last almost 30 years. That's Erica Anderson. Her book is Be Bad First. Get good at things fast to stay ready for the future. Get your copy at the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Erica, thanks a lot for being my guest today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. That'll do it for this episode of the BizCast. Join me next time when we continue to talk to business authors, thought leaders, and C-suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Don't forget to visit the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Great books by great business authors, only the best at the C-Suite Book Club. And if you like what we do here at the BizCast, don't be shy. Give us a shout-out on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Meanwhile, until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Crane, for the C-Suite Network. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by the C-Suite Network. C-SuiteNetwork.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.